Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey, Toby, good evening. Good evening, Robert. How are you there, Melbourne? Well, yeah, good. It's the first of the warm weather. It's been 20 plus degrees today, which is the first time for God knows how long. Yeah. We're just hoping that it stays this way. We should yes, see. yes. We'll have to see whether actually this El Nino or Nino, whatever it's called, it actually right. is yeah. coming to an end. We uh, want to bugger off as far as can I'm go and Bugger off, we've had enough rain, I think, <laughs> down the eastern seaboard and right. back to the more typical weather that you expect to get at this time of the year. And I must admit, it's been great in Sydney last week and it's going to carry on well into this week and hopefully next as well. Well, that's going to be good because I'm heading to Sydney in just a couple of days' time. So right. I'm hoping the weather's good for me. Well, well, it'll continue on. Now, we started talking last time around the idea of fusion as a mechanism, if yeah. you like, as, as a next level of value creation in a deal. That's right. And we then sort of said, okay, well, how does that differ from integration? Yeah. Right. And where we left off, we we sort of went on that integration is just bolting bits together. It is, yes. And, yes. and that we, we sort of said that invariably when you just bolt A and B together, what you actually end up doing is diluting the strength or the value of... Can parts. do, you, yes. You can do. Yes, right? yes. And we, we then started to say that... In a infusion environment, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to optimize the capabilities of a business. You're saying, what is this business really good at? Yeah. And how do we use this acquisition to really expand and strengthen those capabilities? Yep. Right. Now, to kick us off, then, mm. what do you mean by capabilities? Well, I was going to say, <laughs> before I get into capabilities and, 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 and where we all kicked off, Rob, because it's been a few weeks since we did the last podcast, I think listeners understands the term integration because it's ubiquitous. We talk about post-merger integration. We talk about integrating two companies when you bring them together. And yeah. it's a very familiar term. And the problem is, I think, is that integration has a certain connotation or it's an association with the word. And one of the things we talked about when we, last time was we did introduce a new word, which is infusion. There's a bit of a subtlety here. Just to go back a bit further, how this whole conversation started was that we talked about this whole thing called capabilities. And it's all yeah. off the back of a great piece of research, which I, well, I think it was great anyway. It was well over 10 years ago, and I'm pretty sure if anybody was to Google capabilities M&A, this research paper would pop up. Go and read it because this will change the way you look at M&A and M&A integration. There's a few I can pick out. This is one. I would say look at it, read it, think about it because it has some very important messages for people who are acquiring and integrating them. And the reason why is because it talks about this thing about capabilities. 
And what the fundamental message behind this paper is to say, when it comes to successful M&A deals over the past 20 years, invariably, they are focused on leveraging companies are, are good at, and it's always making sure you preserve that. And they call it capability focus. If you take a capability focus, you're generally going to be more successful in returning superior turns than otherwise. And let's, no. let's, let's just give a, a couple of examples there. When we talk mm. about capability deals, we're talking about a scenario where you might want to expand into new markets, new geographies. It's where you might want to bring the design capabilities of two companies together to create a market-leading design capability that brings new products to the table. Yeah, capabilities is very much inferred by what the term is. not just to do with markets per se or, or products. It's just happened to be something you're very good at doing. And some organizations are really good at doing certain things. Well, I'm going to take you back to conversation we had not too long ago where we talked about some companies are just damn good at the order to cash process well yeah and then you say well that's good and so what part of that order to cash process is it is it the fact they've got some sort of technology which facilitates it is it because they got a very well organized team that works through the various steps in that whole order to cash process is it to do with the customer experience perhaps It, it could be a number of factors so it's not just order to cash per se it just happens to be something that they're really damn good at yeah. That distinguishes them, that makes them different to other organizations. Yeah. And, now, and, yeah. and through that, they elevate themselves to the leading edge type businesses. Yeah. That, that yeah. Really excel in that particular yeah. and, thing. And you know, there's, there's some supply chain and logistics. You know, the FedEx, yeah. they did some incredible things decade ago. And there's other organizations out there who've got a very interesting business model or way of doing business. And it comes down to these capabilities. And and I think that's what capabilities are. And when I talk about integrating and integrating capabilities, it's the notion of integration is not the right word to use. And that's when we come to this whole idea of infusion and so there's a bit of a subtlety here, and it's to denote a sort of different way of operating compared to the typical integration. Is it fair to say that when we talk about integration, we're really talking about driving cost synergies, driving operating synergies, that sort of thing? I think so. It, 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 integration is sort of has an association of being additive. You're bolting on. You're yeah. bringing things together. That's what integrating means. You're actually taking one, you're taking another one, and you bolt them together, so to speak. Yeah. And I think people, when they think in their mind which, what integration is, that's how they think of it. Which I think we, we refer to as collectively as scale type deals. Yeah, generally speaking, when it comes to deals which are looking to expand in a certain industry, get bigger, you're not necessarily changing the way you operate or anything like that. No. You're actually just growing bigger. You're just doing more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... Yeah. Integration and bolting things and adding things together works in that context. So, the other factor that we've spoken about is scope deals. Yeah, which that's is right. which again is where you are now adding some sort of additional long-term value. That's right. So that's the raison d'être as to why you're making this acquisition because you can see 
that it strengthens and brings to the to the table that expertise, that capability that you're really, really good at. Yeah, 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 indeed, indeed. And it would put you in a much stronger competitive position in your marketplace. Yeah, and, and, and ultimately we're talking about, about growing revenue and not just reducing cost. When we talk about scope, you're doing it because you want to make the company not only bigger but better as well. More profitable. Um, yeah. More profitable. Secure. More secure and, 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 and basically branching out from its current market. So you might want to go to new geographies okay. or you want to go into adjacent industries. So that's that's how yeah. scope deals typically look. Rob, I don't know what you, you see, but I think that a good deal of deals these days, and many, many of them are indeed of the scope variety, and, and it just reflects a different way of, of looking at M&A as a mechanism for transforming what organizations do. Yeah, it's, it's that next step on i yeah. mean without without going back to covering everything we just talked about but yeah. the integration type approach is simply about doing more of the same of what you've already got the yeah. economy of scale allows you to do things cheaper yeah. and yeah etc yeah. yeah this is about changing your operating model this is about possibly changing the way or strengthening the way that you do business so that you yeah. become stronger, more competitive, yeah. more secure, yes. and you accelerate or multiply mm. what you're damn good at. Yeah, yeah. I, I would put it, to be honest, Rob, we can put it all even more simply than this. Look, when you, if you're in typical language, if you're there, you're talking to the CEO, instead of using the word integrate, why not use the word infuse? Because it just has a different yes. connotation. And there's yep. a certain subtlety and depth in terms of what you're trying to convey. And that's really all I'm trying to get to, is that when you're saying infuse, there is a deeper meaning in the term compared to integration. Because ultimately, all we're trying to do here is to just communicate better our intent and what we mean. And I think sometimes the word integration doesn't work. And no, there might I, be, I, I, there I, might I, be I a better we, word to explain what it is we're trying to do. I think that plug-and-play type stuff, yeah. integration, we've done that to death. We know what that is. Yeah. I remember you talking at one time and you were saying, think of infusion as knowledge processes tools yep. that are being replicated or emulated yeah rather than, than it simply integrated yeah infusion is almost like a recreation of the function that you want to this new function in the business yep. so it's not necessarily bolting two things together <clears throat> but as you just said rob it, it's that whole notion of knowledge transfer it's about processes and tools to recreate or replicate the function in the new entity so one of the things i think we can say is integration is just doing more of the same of what you already do that's right but when we talk about infusion as a mm. process yep right one thing we could say for, for certainty is you are approaching that with a view that you are open to changing your operating model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Business. And yeah, and that's the subtlety, that the infusion, it assumes in the word, you're assuming that you're actually doing operating model change, whereas integration, you might not be doing any operating model change at all. That's the subtlety here. And I think one of the things that's just running through my head hmm. is that this sort of question of integration versus fusion, if hmm. you like, that that should actually take place right at the very beginning in terms of the 
the type of acquisition you're looking for and why mm. you're looking for that. Oh, indeed, indeed. What, yeah, it, it, absolutely. Long before you've settled on the deal, you you go into it with that view. Yes, that this is a fusion type approach where you want to come out of it yeah. uh, much stronger than when you went in. Yes, and you are prepared to challenge and change mm. your operating model as part of that process. Absolutely. And I think if the part of the deal thesis and integration thesis is that you are indeed changing the operating model, then the word we should be using is to denote what we're doing here is infusion, not not integration. I would, I would agree with you. And what I would suggest is, but let's think about how that works in practice. Okay. okay. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, so we make it absolutely clear to, to listeners, like integration versus infusion. In, in integration, the key assumption here, and this is what the assumption is when you're saying you're integrating, is you're not making a material change to your own Correct. operating model or yep. your capabilities. And that what you're doing is you're simply taking the functions and the capabilities from your target and added them to your own operating model. In other words, your so, operating model don't change. Yeah, okay? so so you come in on the Monday morning following yeah. integration, yeah. and it's just the same as it was when you left on Friday. Yep. And your processes Absolutely. are the same, and the operating yep. systems are the same, and the yep. hierarchy of the business is the same. And Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. I mean, when I say same, obviously there are tweaks, but substantially well, the same. Yeah, and most people will get the idea that when you bolt A plus B together, that you... You, you yep. can't run a business that's got two CEOs and two sales teams. You've got to bolt them together. Yeah. But you essentially just end up with a bigger bit of everything that you had before. Yep. That's right. Whereas, Whereas in Fusion, I think you're going in with the implicit understanding, or explicit, I should say, is that you yep. are indeed changing your operating model. So whatever the, the bits and pieces that the acquirer did, you're actually – taking the bits and pieces from the target in terms of the way they operate and actually creating a whole new operating model, a revised operating model, which reflects things that both the acquirer is very good at plus what else the target is. So it brings the two together. Yes. Yeah, it does. It brings it brings the best of both together. That's right. Right? That's right. It, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to start from scratch with a clean sheet of paper. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. But what it means is that you're going to re-examine every moving part of your business yep. and have the willingness to make changes to that model yep. in, in order to achieve the benefits and the value creation that you can see mm. As, mm. as an outcome of that. Uh, That's right. Got any examples? Well, I have one, and I know you, you've got an example, Robert. Yeah. I'll do mine first. And it's a paper that was actually based on a paper that was written by a product manager. In actual fact, let me see if I can go to the guy's name. Here we go. So, yeah. So, it's a paper that was written by a guy called John Colco, who's a, a digital expert operating out of Texas. Right. And he... He talked about this, uh, about capabilities, uh, a number of years back, and he talked about the problem about integrating two businesses in the digital world. And he came to some sort of basic conclusions. One is that he really did see that when organizations talk about integration, they always talk about this bolting-on type thing, bolt as, as something that's being additive. What he is saying is that... If you take on this sort of bolt-on view, this integration view, particularly when it comes to capabilities, you are not 
properly understanding how these capabilities will work once once the integration is done. Yeah. yeah. And he said it gets overlooked. He also says that if you're acquiring a company that has a capability, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be able to deliver the value of that capability until you actually fully understand how that capability works and yes. all its interrelated aspects. And if you don't understand that, it's not going to be successful. And he had a particular example in this paper in Sahaba Business Review. And he basically said that, look, if it's a capability-driven acquisition, you've got to figure out as part of your deal and integration thesis how this is going to work. Because if you don't do that homework up front, you are going to fail. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I thought it's a very interesting paper because it talks about it. And this is a real life example. And it's called The Problem of Bolt-On Acquisitions in a Digital World by John Kolko, 2016. And I think it was a bit of a whinge on his side about how People in mergers and acquisitions go around acquiring business and integrating and somehow thinking that the capabilities that this target had, those capabilities are going to work in the new environment, and they probably won't, unless you really think this through. Hence, this need to use the term infusion to denote a deeper level of analysis, investigation, yeah. and planning that's required in order to deliver the results from the deal. One of the things I think I'll do is put a link to that in the okay. podcast write-up that we do. Okay. I've just been thinking about the example that I had in mind. Yeah. I'll just walk through it quickly and get yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. This was a deal which at the outset was just going to be an integration deal. Yeah. It was two technology companies, one acquiring the other, complementary product lines, if you like. And the opportunity of the acquisition was that there were several million dollars of cross-sell and upsell mm, capability mm, to mm. existing customers. But that's where it ended. Yeah. Right. Now it became what what I think we are calling a fusion type deal, because once the acquisition took place, we realized and by the way, it was poor due diligence done on this deal. Yep. But once it had taken place, we realized that the style, mm. the model that the acquired company had was at absolute opposites to the acquiring company. Yep. And if you'd have tried bringing those two together, there was going to be absolute disaster without yep. any doubt whatsoever. So we had to go back to the drawing board and completely reevaluate and revitalize the sales operating model whilst bringing those two environments together and that completely changing the way that both sides actually went to market and the way mm. that both sides actually address their customers and so on and so forth and i think that was based upon the, the effectively that there were two totally different sales like the way they the sales worked to both businesses but you wanted to preserve both so we did. The, the task at hand really was to keep the value creating ability of that capability, that sales capability in the target, plus also the sales capability in the acquirer, and bring those two together. Yeah, in a, in, in a thirty second high level, yeah one one company had got what I call a kill and run type approach: yep. get in there, get the sale at any cost, and, and yep. run off and do it again. Yep. The other company had a nurturing approach to its yep. customer base, engage with the customer, understand their business, take time to build relationships, yep. et cetera. Polarized different approaches. Hmm. And just bolting those two together was just going to be absolute chaos. Now, and, uh, 
Yeah, and I'd say, to be honest, Robin, I think there's this reason why we use the word infusion to denote a different style and approach compared to integration, so that when we do talk about it, people say, ah, you're using the word infusion. Now, that's different. Now, oh, okay. And, 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 And I think like all these things, I think when it comes to the English language, there are words that are more powerful than others. And I think the term infusion is a more powerful word in this context. I like it. I, yeah. I, I like it because, again, in this in this context, mm. we were at a crossroads where it was, mm. oh, my God, we've got this clash of sales cultures. Yeah. One of the options was forget it. No, no, no. Write off the losses and go back to where we were before. Yeah. But when we started looking at it, we actually realized that there was in the combined customer yeah. base, mm. there were actually some customers that were favorable to a quick Short sales cycle. Indeed, indeed. And and that's it's interesting that this was all discovered, of course, after the deal was done, because yes. typically yeah. enough, you would do that kind of analysis prior to cementing and completing the deal. Correct. And it'll all be part of your deal thesis and your integration yep. strategy. So yep. all that would be thought about. The fact that you actually managed to do that, execute and get it done was was good. Good luck, good fortune, and sometimes it goes well. And obviously, in this case, it did. It's not the ideal way of doing it, but you did it nonetheless. And the shareholder returns, the, the additive nature of these two values, the value-creating abilities, was was, uh, was delivered. Uh, uh, we've, we've talked about using the word fusion yeah. and the approach on this. I would say this particular example is what I call an oh-shit deal. Okay, well, there you <laughs> right. go. We, but you recovered, got... the important thing is you recovered from the oh shit deal. And this is it. M&A is full of shit happens. We deal yeah. with it all the time. We we got to a point at this particular deal where yeah. we just the bully buggery. Oh. Well, oh, yeah. and how the hell shit. are we going to do this? And so you had to go back to the drawing board. And you're right, yeah. Toby, we sh- yeah. that in the perfect world, that should have been done right back at the deal phase. Typically stage. enough, yeah. yeah. I think, to be honest, with all this talking about infusion versus integration, really and truly all we're trying to say here is that infusion is just – it's a bit more subtle. It assumes that you're changing the operating model. Yeah. And it, it invariably, it's a term you use when you're bringing two capabilities together. What one company is really good at versus what another company has been, you want to bring the best of both worlds together. Well, then yeah. you're now we're talking infusion. And, and if I just add a point going back yeah. to, to this one, yeah. we talked about the order to cash process. Yeah. One of the benefits when we finally brought these two models together mm. and realized that by segmenting the customer base, we could have some customers that did want that quick, short sales cycle. Yeah. 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 Well, what, what that did was it actually accelerated the revenue flow into the business. Well, the, but this is the point, you see. The whole point of this yeah. exercise is that when you bring capabilities, you're being what two organizations are really good at, and you bring that together, you are going to deliver superior returns. And that goes back to that paper that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, yeah. which came back with hard statistical information about how you leverage capabilities from two organizations, you you integrate it properly, you are going to deliver superior returns. And so any M&A, any deal maker, anyone who's involved in integration should know about this paper. And just to make sure it's absolutely clear, it's called the M&A Capabilities Premium by Strategy & Co. You Google it, it'll come immediately up. 
take it, read it, and and take out and draw lessons from it and, and apply it in your own situation. I, I think that's a great comment to to sort of close on to some yep. degree because that is recommended reading for anybody that's involved in M&A, whether you're in the private equity side of things or whether you're a CEO. It'll it'll make you think. Now, some people will say, oh, that's common sense, though. But I think it's uncommon sense, and that's the thing. It's common sense at one level, Hmm. but it's common sense that doesn't get applied. And common sense that doesn't, exactly, doesn't get applied and doesn't get applied to the deeper level. Maybe strategically you might talk about that on a PowerPoint slide, but actually bringing that down to make sure that something you you actually execute that way. That's right. That's the thing. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I reckon we're in a position where we could close this with three takeaways. Yeah, okay. Um, What are the takeaways, Rob? (laughs) Well, well, the the first one that kick off from my point of view is integration versus fusion. We should have made that – we've made that clear in the conversation. I hope we have, yeah. Yeah. But it needs to be an approach that you start with right at the very beginning when you're actually putting the deal thesis together. Yeah. Right? Your point you just made – I think it's a good one, which yep. is that whilst you might talk about this sort of thing around the board table and in strategic high-level sort of concepts, really what we're saying here, you've got to be prepared to then pick that up and carry it through. You've That's got right. to, You've got to actually put that into effect and make it the key raison d'etre yep. of the deal and yep. deal. It's got to come into yes. the plan. We're not talking high level, but this is something that you actually do for real. I've certainly done it before. I know you've done it as well, Rob. This is something you can actually plan for and execute. Yes. And I think, lastly, just in my head, one of the things that anybody involved in m and should have a clear view of mm. at all times is whether it a deal is just pure integration or whether it does offer the opportunity for... I think what you've got to do is know what it's, what sort of deal you're actually know doing. Know what you're doing right at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, you know, are you doing a scale deal or a scope deal? Figure that yep. stuff out up front. There are there are two main types. Know your deal. Yeah, no, I'd if agree. you don't know what you're doing, whether you're not going to be all that successful, that's all I can say. I think that's a good point to end on. Okay. Uh, what I will do is I'll put those links to those various... Yep documents in there because I think what came over to me as you were talking was Mm. they are recommended reading for anybody in senior management. I think so. I think so. Yeah. 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 It's been a good conversation, Toby. Well, I hope so. It's been a fairly subtle one, this whole integration versus infusion, because I think as much as anything, it's the English language and how you use it. But I I think sometimes you drop a different word to to imply a different meaning. I actually hope that People that listen to this podcast, it will make them sort of stop and sit back and sort of go, ah, oh, right, hang on a minute, fusion, yes. Infusion, yeah. I haven't thought about things in that way. Post-merger infusion. Yeah, and and it may just help people to take a step back, re-examine some of their automatic responses to... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it gives you an option to think differently. Yeah, that's been a good one, Toby. I okay, like good. Yeah. All right. Okay, but, excellent. Uh, we shall no doubt be back in two weeks' time with another podcast on M&A War Stories. And other than that, it's my usual duty to say bye for now. And goodbye for myself as well. 